to Nicole's Hen House. I'm on a mission to help deconstructing believers draw closer to the Trinity. I'm here to help the ones who are ready to run and still feel alone. In this house, we cry about it, talk to Yahweh about it, and then we get up. I'm cheering for you, babes. Uh, okay, so tonight, uh, this is our sex talk. You guys blew me away um, when I did the poll and you guys, this is what you picked. I was really shocked. So, um, yeah, like this was more important for you guys to learn about than a victim mindset, um, engaging the Holy Spirit. Uh, what else? Anyway, I gave you guys four options and sex was your favorite. So here we are. Um, this can be a sensitive topic and I recognize that. And so this is not going to be a conclusive biblical teaching on sex. None of my teachings ever are. But what this is, is this is my observations on sex. This is, um, I mean, like I have two kids, so I get how this works. I also understand how religion corrupted sex. So I'm not going to undo or address everything in like an all manner how religion fucked up sex, but what I am going to do is share with you my train of thought, and I know that the Lord will allow this to expand your mind and give you some growth opportunities uh, for understanding this thing we all love, which is sex. So um, let's start with some oils, and then we're going to do communion. I was doing communion at the end, but now I think it's a better way to get started. So Tonight, the oils I'm using are cassia and frankincense. I was healed um, from some, this helped my inner heart work, my inner healing journey uh, with sex. Uh, cassia is a sexy oil, sacral nerves, um, there's redemption in all of it. That's just how this works. Um, what works for me might not work for you, but while we're here. And then frankincense, which is just to connect higher purpose. So let's do some oils, take a deep breath. Doesn't it feel good to experience the Holy Spirit this way? To like Reset and refocus your mind using your olfactory system. All right, let's do communion. Well, come on. Holy Spirit, you are good and faithful. There is nothing new before the Son, including sex. We know that you have ordained this and created this for us as believers to connect as two individuals, as one, to engage with the Godhead 
in our full measure as human beings. Thank you for allowing this intimate connection as a representation of what the Godhead and how the Trinity operates. Jesus, thank you for your body that allows us access to our birthright. And thank you for the blood of the new covenant. Jesus, you are good and faithful. Make us worthy. Amen. Okay. Um, I'm so glad that y'all are here. Um, these are thoughts I've collected over the years. It's nice to condense them, put them all in one place, and share them with you, and then we'll see how it lands. Cool? Okay. Um, let's address the elephant in the room. Okay. Um, purity culture, fucked up sex. And fucked up sex by recognizing by placing all of the blame and all of the responsibility of healthy sex onto women. So men are just told to abstain. Women are taught, or young women, were taught um, not to cause their brothers to sin. That's lovely. Um, newsflash, women aren't responsible for upholding a, a male's healthy sexuality. A man is responsible for healthy sexuality. And in fact, like, that is your job to have autonomy over your sovereign being. And you are either capable of having autonomy over your sovereign being or you're not. But that's not another human being's responsibility to manage for you. You are either healthy and mature or you are not. And if you choose to behave like an animal, then you should be treated like one. So women of the world, like... Please shed any responsibility you feel to protect or, um, you know, like, inhibit your own identity for the sake of making sure they don't stumble. Obviously, like, be tasteful in how you dress, but you are not responsible for someone else's sin pattern. That is specifically like the responsibility of a sovereign autonomous being. And I really don't care who you are, what you're doing. Like if you can't master your own self, then you have a continual work to do. And then you can, you need to go back to the throne of grace and ask for additional support in that. It is not someone else's responsibility to be healthy for you. It is your job to co-create with the Trinity. It is your job to co-create with the Godhead grow with your people, but it is not someone else's responsibility to do that for you. It is yours and yours alone. So women in the world, um, shed that responsibility. Like, that's not yours. Um, additional thoughts on purity culture is, um, purity isn't isolated to sex. Okay. Purity is literally the posture of your heart. And, while there is there while there are legitimate consequences for dishonoring your body uh purity is not isolated and honor honoring your body is not isolated to sex it applies across the board but before you go have sex with someone purity is a matter of the heart so let's say you waited to be virgins until you got married but your spouse had a porn addiction or let's say 
uh, you decided to be virgins until you got married, but like there's an addiction of some other kind, whether it be food, uh, drugs, alcohol, whatever, gambling, that is still not pure. That's still not pure. Purity is a matter of the heart. Um, Psalm 73.1, truly God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. This is annoying to think that purity applies just to intercourse. It doesn't. It, like, it, it just doesn't. Like, this is truly a posture of the heart. And... Yeah, like, I'm just gonna leave it there. Like, this is a matter of the, po like, purity is the posture of your heart. And you can be as a, like, virginal as you want to be all day long and still have darkness surrounding your heart. And you are still impure, regardless of what your sexual experience has been. Okay, I'm gonna get off this. And then let's talk about consent. Um, because purity culture, like, promoted this idea that apparel and appearance was the responsibility of a woman, what it did is it excused male behavior, um, and so they didn't have to ask for permission, they could just assume things based on the way a woman appeared, and it's not true. Uh, Women of this world, if you're raising boys, you know this. Um, as this goes out of the gaggle and into the interwebs, hear me very clearly. Consent. You need to learn it, know it, understand it, breathe it, and then go teach it. Um, and you start teaching that at a senior age. As a mother, this is something I'm strongly doing. Like, we're practicing this now. My son is three, my daughter is two. Consent matters. Show them what this looks like. Um, model this behavior. If you aren't familiar with it, get familiar with it. There's plenty of teachers on YouTube about it. The next one. And this is something we all know in the Judeo-Christian world, but it's not addressed. Uh, we don't address porn culture. What we do is we say, make sure you cover up your top. Make sure you're engaging in modesty. And while there is space for that, that's been the bulk of teaching and purity culture. What it didn't do is address the sin of the heart of a man. And that is why the porn industry is so prevalent in Judeo-Christianity. Um, you guys, porn kills, like, end scene. Porn is not good, healthy. Like, there's literally nothing good that comes from it. Zero. Zero good. It is temporary, carnal satisfaction that takes men away from their purpose and their purpose is to uphold life so now they're watching like fake life-giving life they're watching fake intimacy and then masturbating they're literally like killing life like it's dead space. Like, this is not good for them. This is not good for their partner. It's setting up false expectations. Um, 
this was on Fight the New Drug's feed. I think it was on Fight the New Drug. It might have been a from Moral Revolution. But they explain it clearly like this. Learning sex from people who fake orgasms for, for a living is not teaching you a healthy sex life. So quit. Um, I will link some resources for this. Um, these are great organizations. Fight the New Drug and um, Moral Revolution. Those two do a great job breaking down why this is bad, and then um, traffickinghub.com. They are the anti-porn hub warehouse, like wheelhouse. They like cover all of this in depth. Okay, sex is either life-giving or life-taking. Um, like casual sex is not a thing. I don't care how woke, lib, um, forsake your faith, I love Jesus, but I have casual sex. Casual sex is not a thing. The purpose of sex is to be one with your partner, to procreate, be fruitful and multiply. It's to reflect the image of God on the earth, to be one with another human being. So you can't engage in casual sex. It's not a thing. Like even science backs it up. Orgasms are good, but casual sex is bad. Um, here's the deal. Oxytocin goes up in women during when, so when women have orgasms during sex, oxytocin is released and then we feel connected to our partner. It is the opposite for men. So when men have sex, their oxytocin tanks and it takes a while to build it back up. So women feel super connected or have these feelings of longing for their partner because oxytocin, what does it do? It bonds you to your person. Men don't get that. It literally does the opposite. Like after two or three days, it doesn't work anymore. So you don't have casual sex. You either have life-giving sex or you don't. Um, party people, party people. Hey guys, listen, I used to be an event planner and I understand the value of a well-executed event, but a well-executed event doesn't happen without a plan, but sometimes planning can be overwhelming. So to help with the overwhelm of event season, I've made a party planning guide to help you get all the thoughts that are in your brain onto paper. Just go to the website, NicoleSinhouse.com, backslash life link. It's going to be in the drop-down box. Cheering for you. it up it's like it will fascinate you how our bodies were designed to work okay married people let's get into like some nitty-gritty for just a few minutes okay um men if your wife or let's say you're not married but y'all have sex but now you're not and like you want to work this out let's talk about why it's not happening <clears throat> men of this world. It is literally your job as the head of the house to establish order. Your job as a man is to establish order. Okay. How do you establish order? By building trust and respect from the people around you. If your wife does not want to have sex with you, it is your job to figure out why. The number one thing you need to do right off the gate is establish safety. Does your wife or girlfriend or fiance, partner, whomever, do they feel safe with you? 
are you a trustworthy person? If you are not trustworthy, your partner will not trust you with their body. They will not. Relationships are where you are supposed to feel safe. It's supposed to be the place where you are inspired to grow and come back and feel secure. Establish safety and security for your circle. Um, consensual pleasure. If the whole purpose of you engaging in sex with your wife is just so you can ejaculate, like you're missing sex. If it's just so you can have an orgasm, you're missing the good part of sex. And it is your job as a man to figure out how to satisfy your wife so she comes back for more. I promise your wife probably has more interest in sex than you realize, but because sex is awkward and uncomfortable, she might be afraid to talk to you about it. Figure it out. Are you willing to put aside your own desire to satisfy your wife to have healthy, consensual, life-giving sex? Oftentimes, more than not, like if you really self-reflect, the answer is no. Man up. Go take care of your wife. Make sure she's satisfied. Do what she's asking you to do, and I promise you will get more action as the result. And be patient. Sex is so awkward. It is awkward, you guys. Like, there's, like, sheets and clothes and, like, how does this work? And, like, how do you, like, get your breath work? And, like, there's, like, the anatomy of this is awkward and it's okay. Acknowledge how awkward it is with your partner and then be willing to, like, laugh about it and not feel self-conscious about it and know that this is going to be a growth area for your relationship. And it is meant to be good. Like, it's not supposed to be bad. It's going to be awkward because it's vulnerable. But it can still be good. And y'all, like, I've got two babies. Good sex is possible. Okay, women, let's address this with you. Um, I know we're supposed to be timid and demure and chaste. I'm just set it on fire. You have needs. You know how your body is satisfied and pleased. Go tell your partner. Go tell your spouse what kind of sex you like, what your timing is. Because, like, yo, uh, it is a miracle that I have two kids because our go times were at two separate times. Biologies make sex sometimes, like, you just have to compromise. Like, do you want morning sex or evening sex? Do you want it at lunch? I... Work out the biology of it. Tell your partner what you need. Um, the chances are, like women, if you don't want sex, it's because you're having bad sex. Figure out how to have good sex and what you want, and don't be afraid to tell your partner. If you're afraid to tell them face-to-face, -face, send them a text. I promise it will make their day. Go hide in the closet. Go hide in the bathroom from your kids. Tell your partner what you want from them. And then go practice it. And watch it get better. If you are not having sex because of body image issues, I understand. We're competing against porn culture. 
Okay, so the men in our lives have been taught how to have sex from people who fake orgasms for a living, and they're usually a size four. So body image is a thing in the bedroom, and there isn't anything you can do to change that directly. What you can do is become comfortable in your own body, and you do that with practice and getting to the root of your issues of self-worth and dealing with your body image issues. And believing when your spouse says they love you and they are attracted to you. They won't lie to you about this. If they want you to tweak something, they'll, they have probably already told you. If you are self-conscious about something, go talk to your partner about it. Work this out. Like, if you're withholding your body because you feel self-conscious about something, it is your responsibility to bring this place of insecurity to the person who's responsible for establishing order and structure for your home. That's your spouse. Like it is literally a man's job to establish order. It's a woman's job to establish beauty. Okay. Bring the beauty to sex by telling them where, where there's the disconnect because they might not know. Talk to them about it. Go have good sex. Um, I'm just not in the mood. Okay, there's a difference between consent and forceful sex, i.e. rape, and just compromise. It's okay to have like mediocre sex just for the sake of having sex. But if every time you have sex, you just don't feel pretty, get to the root of it. Like maybe you need to do your hair more often. Maybe you need to go on a walk. Maybe you need to read a book. Uh, talk to a girlfriend about it, go get your hair done, like do something where you feel secure in your identity and where you feel pretty. It's okay to feel pretty. In fact, you should feel pretty. Whatever version of that is for you, go do it. Um, the tr <laughs> and we all know this, but I'm going to reiterate it. Making the bed for sex happens way before you ever get naked. Um, Establishing intimate communication between your two hearts is how this happens. Um, how healthy sex happens. Uh, sex makes you one. This is the only thing you can do to become one with another human being. And it's short-lived, usually. <laughs> but it can be fun and life-giving. This is a sacred and holy thing, it is meant to be sacred and holy because of its intimacy. It is super vulnerable. And the response of a mature believer and a mature adult is being willing to have these uncomfortable conversations so something that is meant to be good does not stay mediocre. Address this in a healthy way. Um, if sexual trauma plagues your past, I understand. Um, I have the utmost compassion for you. I also know that healthy sex is not going to be withheld from you because of that trauma. You can be healed. Likewise, if you have been harmed and the image of sex has been harmed uh, because of religion, there is healing for you. There is restoration for this beautiful thing that is available to you 
engage with the Holy Spirit, engage with the Godhead of this, explore this in your mind and see where you sit and rest with it. If you have a healthy sex life, praise the Lord. Keep having healthy sex. Um, it's part of like the perk of being human is you get to have healthy sex. And as we grow in our relationship with the Lord, this is something that we can co-create with the Godhead with is engaging in healthy sex and figuring out how to do have a healthy, fulfilling life with the brethren, with our spouse. So this is like sex is for you. Like sex is for us. It is meant to be a good thing. And it has been completely perverted by religion and Satan. And it's time for it to be renamed. Um, here's the deal about the awkward, vulnerable, uncomfortable, icky, like bodily fluid, naked part of sex. This is awkward. You will not do everything right the first time. Like you might have this like really hot fantasy and then you practice it the first time and you don't nail the landing. Don't give up. The, the beautiful thing about bad sex, about mediocre sex, is that you get better at it the more you do it and the more willing to lighten up about it you are with your partner. So if you guys both go in with the idea of like, hey, I'm here to love you and serve you and let's do this together, you're going to have an awesome sex life. Not every time is going to be mind-blowing sex. It's not supposed to be. What it is supposed to be is healthy and fulfilling. There is a difference there, uh, but it's for you. Like, Yahweh is so behind good sex, um, and it's cool. Like, how awesome is it to have a God who wants us to have a healthy sex life? This is a beautiful thing. Um, I'm going to close out. This was a verse that um, I found after I found out my husband had cheated on me the first time. And it is so appropriate to use here um, because religion and perverted men violated sex. It's going to be redeemed. So here's the verse, and this is what I'm going to close out with, and then I'm going to pray for you. Fear not, for you will not be ashamed. Be not confounded, for you will not be disgraced. For you will forget the shame of your youth, and the reproach of your widowhood you will remember no more. Isaiah 54, 4. Whatever happened in the past to make you feel barren and disconnected from your partner in this season, this does not have to be the banner over you. You will not be disgraced, and you will forget the shame of your youth. You will forget the shame of the former things. Healthy sex is possible. Okay, um, let's pray, and we're going to call it a night, yeah? Holy Spirit, thank you for making sex a good thing and for allowing us to engage you and behold the Godhead and like be in awe of the splendor of our bodies and how they were meant to work together and work in harmony. Jesus, you are so good and you are so faithful and you will redeem what has been stolen from us and you will make it right. 
Jesus, as we behold you and your trembling tonight, uh, I speak blessings over my friends, over my family, and over the healthy sex lives of the ones who want this to be done with a pure heart. Jesus, thank you so much for redeeming and giving us the power to claim back our birthright. You are so good. We love you so much. Amen. All right, you guys, I love you so much. Thank you for joining me in the Hen House. If this content encouraged your faith or helped you in the deconstruction process, I would so appreciate a five-star review and some detailed notes on your preferred listening platform. I'm sharing for you.